Jason and Blake now for the Campbell's Gambles podcast. The best punter, season three, episode seven, Campbell's Gambles podcast. Jason Campbell here with my good friend, Blake. How are you, Blake? I'm good. We're back. We're back for another week. Blake the Lake. Yes, we are back for another week. We're getting deeper into the season. We're pretty much halfway through it uh and spring's really 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 heating up uh three group ones last week that we'll touch base on as we always do to start the show um first group one was at mooney valley on friday night under the lights and it was cooling gutters moya this year how did you see that race pan out well the it was i mean the meeting was i I don't want to say disappointing but maybe i should i don't know I'm just going to be completely honest. I was a little bit disappointed in the meeting, but you kind of got to expect that Mooney Valley, the track pattern is like that. But the first half of the card, pretty much all the leaders won. Um, and then Kulangata led and won the Moya. There was like, we anticipated a lot more speed in the race. Uh, we didn't even expect Kulangata to be leading. She did. She won. Hats off. She did well, but um, on a different track, that probably. Yes, there's well, there's definitely a different result, hundred percent. So, uh, good win, but I'm not looking into it too much. It's just, you know, Mooney Valley's favoring the leaders, then they're going to be winning. So, yeah, bit salty there by the sounds of it. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's the truth. It was as Mooney Valley could sometimes be a bit of a diabolical night, um, in the sense where pretty much if there was ten horses in the race between six to eight of them couldn't win the race purely based off their running style, which is, I don't know, you can't really look into it or whatnot. That's just kind of how it is. You know, you sort of know what you're going to get sometimes. Um, yep. And after a couple of races, it was pretty clear and evident, as Blake's already mentioned, that nothing further back than pretty much one out, one back. Even then, even that was a death trap to some degree. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Kulun Gata just got her absolute birthday. 50 kilos, carried seven or eight kilos I think seven kilos less than the second horse, if that makes any sense. Um, so Drew Barrier one thousand meters straight to the front, and if anything was a bit weak in the finish, to be honest with you, like yeah. it's a group one, and obviously good horses and whatnot. And I don't want to absolutely throw shit on her, but point being, she was carrying seven kilos less than the entire field on a night where horses carried a stack and, and went on to win by a lot further when they got the lead. So um, mm. I can't see her winning another race um, unless it is at the Valley again, but they'll probably go to the Manicato, I'm guessing, possibly similar setup. Um, but if she was at Randwick 1200 next time in, in, in the Everest, since we're just picking, <laughs> picking. She'll be, she'll be unders wherever she goes now. That's, that's just the way it's going to work, but yeah. As Daryl Braithwaite said, that's the way it's got to be, little darling. Uh, anyway, other group ones we covered. Uh, one at Rose Hill was the Golden Rose. Huge performance from the Victorian horse. Uh, Jack and O, one you've always been fond of, Blake, didn't back up on Saturday, but was probably one of the wins of the entire week. Filthy. 
filthy. I could not that, – that run from In Secret was absolutely enormous. She just picked herself up off the canvas from leaders back there and, oh, man, that one stung. That one really stung. I was really, really confident in Secret on, on the weekend after seeing sort of the way the, the, way the track was playing. Um, yeah, I was, I was very confident, but not to be. And, um, yeah, hats off to Jack Wino. But, yeah bit of a stinger <laughs> yeah well you weren't the only one she got absolutely smashed in the market she started two dollars mm. 15 favor i think it was roughly mm. like that's that is she got hemorrhaged late in betting as we like to say here at cghq um real real big go for um in secret and uh jack and i was just too good and off the back of that she uh sorry he has found himself in the everest which i don't think is the worst selection that I've ever seen in my life. Obviously, yes, 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 won the won the race uh, two years ago as a three-year-old. Um, and yes, 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 did come through to Golden Rose and he won that race. And uh, get back horse might be good in this race, considering a lot of the selections in the past couple of weeks have been horses to pretty much make nature trip lose the race. <laughs> just, <laughs> just speed horses that have no hope whatsoever, realistically. Um, like Shades of Rose got selected today. Like she's not going to take a city, is she? Like, or she will, but it's just another speed factor in the race. So I, I think Nature Strips the best horse in the race by a mile. But it could get to a point where they dead set just try and they're happy for him to lose the race kind of thing. They they it might just turn into the back marker running on because there's so much speed in the race. <laughs> oh, anyway, it's it's interesting, but um. Sure, there was a few eye catches out of that golden rose, but I'm sure Blake will hint on maybe a few of them later on. Um, and on Sunday, uh, disappointing result for both of us. Um, Underwood, Sunday Group One, Alligator Blood. Uh, I'm going to start off here. I'm very frustrated. Not that um, I jumped off. I'm just frustrated that he hasn't won a race his preparation over distances and situations that sh should suit him. Yet he could go up to the 1800 first, first time at 1800 and somehow fend off horses that he didn't even fend off at 1600. And this is why I hate racing sometimes because it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, anyway, Blake, how'd you see that race? Fuck, I hate races. Yeah, uh, mate, uh, there's no no secrets. Everything, you know, you can watch the replay yourself. And there's, yeah, there's, there was no, nothing hidden in the runs. There was, there were six horses in the, in the race, alligator blood led. Got it pretty comfortably and just, yeah, fended them off. Zaki was seemingly a bit flat, um, but, yeah, that is what it is. I, that that meeting as well, actually, though, like pretty, there were a lot of leaders at one, so that definitely played a factor, but you still got to be good, still be got to be good enough to win it, so that's off. Yes, too easy. All right, we'll head now to our first segment of the podcast, and that is Flashing Lights, sponsored by our good friend Kanye. And you got to head us off here with our first flashing light or your first flashing light and only flashing light runner this week race that uh, rose hill on saturday very unlucky correct very unlucky and uh yeah I, I was actually made aware of this run by uh the brethren the brother here he is 
And uh, if anyone's uh, if anyone's been staying consistent listening to the podcast from last season, you should know him because he absolutely smacked Mister Brightside at huge odds to win. Uh, to win, I don't know, I don't know what what odds it was, but he won that he won that dipping competition we had last season. Um, but uh, yeah, May Rose was May Rose was held up. Uh, I think race two, race two, Rose Hill uh, held up quite obviously. Flashed home. Um, my opinion would have would have won the race with clear running, so um, one to follow, plain and simple. Yeah, she was quite unlucky, <laughs> quite unlucky. I actually got a message from our good friend Michael Abbott on Sunday morning saying, "Grasshopper, can you put May Rose in my black book?" He's he's got a, he's got a mad bad memory. He's getting on in age. He's all of forty nine years of age. So, um, I I have put May Rose in the black book, and now that Blake and um. And our brother Trent has has identified May Rose. I think it's one we have to follow. Three people on it now next time. But um, I'm with a international runner that has absolutely burst onto the scene down in Victoria. I don't like doing too much analysis or form or tips down in Victoria because, quite frankly, I suck down there. Um, but this runner goes by the name of Cap de Joy, I think. Don't don't quote me on that pronunciation, but. It was it ran at Sandown in the benchmark 70 on Sunday in the first race. And it's a perfect segue from what Blake mentioned earlier in regards to Sandown favoring leaders. Well, this horse was pretty much dead last in the bend, and he ran home in absolutely phenomenal last splits. He ran comprehensively the, the fastest last 600 of the day by three temps, which is one and a half lengths. He ran the fastest last 400 of the day, 2160. The second fastest was 2216 which is, what's that? That's, that's almost six six temps, which is three lengths difference. And 11.16 home, the second fastest was 11.33. So he's run about a, another length faster last time than anything else in the entire day. On a tempo that was very slow, he made up a lot of ground. He's run home in 32.84. 32.84. You don't see many horses break the 33 barrier. And this horse did, and he's a benchmark 70 horse. Um, he was dropping back from 1,600 to 1,400. 1600 next time on a big track he's a moral can't lose around in that grade seriously that's that 3284 that's airborne that is that's that's stakes class anyway um so yeah my flashing light runner captain joy or that's a very australian pronunciation it's probably a, a more british one or french one or god knows where, what that name actually means but uh mike is he's tuning in he's throwing that one in the black book too right next to mayrose <laughs> <laughs> well hopefully we get a price about them both next time we get geeky <clears throat> flashing light double together thank you kanye all right let's get cracking four races to cover four group ones on this huge super saturday of racing and we've got to go to flemington first for the track conditions of weather and bias weather 18 degrees sunny Rail out nine meters that could play some effect. So beware of that. Punters currently a soft five with the weather forecast over the next 48 hours. It's very fair to say we'll be playing on a firm track come Saturday. Blake, how do you see the track playing of the rail out nine meters? Um, not too, not too unfairly, I'll say. Um, nine meters will definitely sort of bring the bias a little bit towards the rail, towards, um, the, towards the front sort of area of the, the speed map. But Flemington being such a wide track uh, and, and with such a long straight, it's still, especially in the group ones, like you've got horses that are completely capable of of overcoming that slight bias that there could be. So I'm not going to read into it too much. Um, obviously, in any race, doesn't matter where, when, up and in is 
is the ideal spot. But typically at Flemington, I don't I don't like to be looking at horses who are drawn too close to the rail. Just um, it they tend to sort of get checked for runs and a bit of congestion around the turn. So anything about sort of four and out um, is where I'll be looking, um, which sounds really ideal for for the horse that you and I, Jason, I think are going to be talking about in this group one that's coming up. Yes. All right. Perfect segue again, Blake. You're really good with these segues. You're going well today, big fella. Uh, And that is the Turnbull, the Malcolm Turnbull, race seven, group one, over the mile and a quarter, 2,000 millilitres or litres or whatever you want to name it. Um, (laughs) And Blake, you you did a little bit of a spill on this one. So I'll let you take the dance floor and uh, tell us what we're looking at in this race. Right. Well, just looking back, um, at recent editions of this race, it really is a race reserve for superstars, uh, as I've written there, Jason. And I think you can agree with um, with the previous winners of this race being incentivized last year, very elegant the year before. Kings will dream, winks, uh, multiple occasions, and Hartnell prior to that. What a lineup that is! Yeah, they could honestly go in the Cox Plate this year, and they all of them would start dollar fifty favorites. So. <laughs> Um, considering the strength of what's going around right now. Um, yeah, we were blessed with really good runners uh, a couple of years ago. Now we've got a bit of a probably very top end heavy and it drops off. Um, so, yeah, anyway, continue. Sorry. Correct, correct. So, yeah, well, looking at the field, comparing to, to previous editions of this race, I don't see many horses that could be incentivizers, very elegant uh, let alone winxes in this in this field um, might just be me and the punters might have uh, have their eye on a couple down the page that they reckon can turn up as seven or six year olds and become winks <laughs> I won't be putting my money on that so um yeah I, I mean I honestly I think the this the overall level of this race this year is is below what it has been um, but that said it's a very competitive field um, and that's you know that's evident by the, the market prices where favorites in gold trip is about four dollars um and most of the runners are at double figures so it's a big field um and the market says it's competitive do you think it's as competitive the markets as, uh, as the market is suggesting jason or do you reckon it's between the top sort of couple of horses simple answer is no i think there's a clear standout and i know you gotta agree with me um mm. both of us have been wax lyrical pretty much about this about this mare for the last couple of preparations um she's just really come into her own i think we identified her out of what was it probably the apollo last year or the chipping norton and we've pretty much been on her back ever since we we were very keen on her that day in the australian cup where she did win at this track and distance um being home think it over coming down the outside at pretty much almost double figures um and she's just gone on for uh, gone on with it since then uh, wasn't good in the Queen Elizabeth, but it was a heavy ten track, and realistically, Animo ran ran behind her, so that form can be completely forgotten about. Um, and this time back in, if you look at that Memsey Stakes first up, it does say tenth, beaten seven and a half, but she ran the fastest last two hundred meters of the entire race, uh, so she was thundering home um, in a race where it was, and it, sorry, on a day where it was very hard to make ground. I want to be forgiven in that George Main Stakes. Uh, it was just a very muddly run race where Zaki, as we now know, was scratched out of the race, uh, which really left no tempo whatsoever. Hinged went forward, but they absolutely crawled. And Animo got the dream run OSL and just was too good for them. Um, and, and I'm adamant if Adamo was 
sitting a couple of pairs back, he wouldn't have won the race because there is no tempo in the race whatsoever. Um, and I think we've got to be very forgiving of that form race as well. Uh, step up 2,000 metres is absolutely perfect. Perfect Three starts, second up for two wins. Uh, as I've said, one from one track and distance. Josh Parr's on board, draws low, can settle a bit more handy. Um, and this isn't her target race, but she's certainly warming up. This is next uh, next fortnight's a target race in the Caulfield Cup, but she's be, she'll be about cherry ripe for this race. So do us for me on top. Yeah, I f- fully agree uh, with you there, Jason. And the funny thing is, you look you look back to that last preparation that you were mentioning, uh, where we picked up on on Jewess, and it really is almost an exact carbon copy of what she's done done this preparation. Like she. She was absolutely flying last pre- last preparation. We identified that and and capitalized on it when she came uh, came down to Victoria uh, and was able to get up over the two thousand meters, which is exactly what she's doing uh, here. Third up as she did last preparation and last prep, she ran ninth in the Apollo on uh, first up, and then second up she ran sixth over the mile uh, in the Chipping Norton behind very elegant. She's ideal. So although. Like you said, sixth is is you know nothing to sort of be blowing your horn about. She's she's going arguably as well as she was last prep, having having performed very similarly. And um, you know her third up record is is there to see uh, three starts, two wins, and and she was able to get the cash last preparation in basically the exact same setup uh, of a race. I don't think this race is as competitive as. Well, there is as much talent in this race as as there was in uh in the Australian Cup that she competed in last last preparation. Um, we think it over in Spanish Mission in that field, and if you look at the fact that she's just contested two Group Ones in Sydney and is coming here to contest her third Group One in a row in the Turnbull Stakes at Flemington against horses who have just been sort of racing all over the place really in terms of like you've got gold trip who's current favorite and it's coming out of a group three third behind smoke and romans and uncle Bryn, and before that was third in a in a listed race behind crosstalk and too much to bear like when you're comparing those form lines and you see jewess there with with the form that she had from last preparation and and the proof that she has from last preparation having one third up and done it like she's doing at this prep and that that group one form that she's got behind her i I can't see why she's even second favourite here. I honestly can't. Um, I think she'll start shorter and uh, I think she'll be winning. Lovely. That's our little wrap of the Turnbull Stakes at Flemington. The only race we'll be covering, Blake and myself, both very, very adamant. Jewess is a very good winning chance in that race. All right, let's now move to the JC trial file. No good last week with our good friend, Paul McCartney. Um <laughs> Or Paul the alien off Paul. Um, who would have thought? Um, Paul Ailey. A lot of Pauls, mate. A lot of Pauls. Yeah, I didn't think Paul Ailey's run was too bad. Um, no, neither. Lost, fair and square doesn't doesn't pay the bills. I'm not going to pretend I was right or anything like that. But I wouldn't be sacking him off that run, and I'd actually be following him because his last 100 meters, he actually lengthened down really nicely. And if anything, he was one of the only horses all night to make nice ground. So I'll be very shocked if he isn't the Everest slot holder for Godolphin. There you go. I, I can't see how they go with anyone else, possibly in secret, if they want to follow that Jack and O form line. But um, anyway, we'll go on now. Um, this is one of my favourite days of the year, Blake. Um, loving the two-year-olds kick off. Um, don't worry about last week. The Queensland two, two-year-olds are never any good. They're all shitty. 
Um, <laughs> but the Jim Crack um, it's produced some really good horses in the last couple of years. Uh, Emfa obviously won in 2020. And that horse that won the Moya, Coolangatta, who we were heavily in the camp of last year, thought she was the best two-year-old of the entire season. Uh, didn't end up that way, but certainly started that way where she won this race brilliantly, three wide, no cover the entire. Um, and I think there's a very, very similar horse this this time around. Bit of a button, uh, what's the word? Bomb-proof horse, bit of a button press, but a button presser. Push button. Push button. That's the word I was looking for. Push button, baby. Push button, baby. Um, and that is in the gym crack race to Randwick on Saturday. Number seven, perfect proposal. Um, really liked her trial. The thing with these two-year-old races is in the trials, you have to qualify for this race. So you pretty much have to run one, two. So all the horses are pretty much clicked up in the trials. And I think Blake can agree with me. There's not much improvement a horse can make in a fortnight's time or 10 days time in this case. So it, they kind of are what they are, if that makes sense. So she was clicked along a little bit. Um, and there was a horse outside her traveling like anything. And it was Larks for an effort, didn't find anything. Timmy Clark pulled out his whip, didn't use it, just pulled up and showed it to her. She put a length on it really quickly and eased down to the post. Fastest trial out of all the fillies. Um, Tim Clark, leader. Gay Waterhouse, three winners yesterday at Rose Hill, absolutely on fire. Over the 1,000 metres, what more do you want, Blake? I'll leave it on that. But Hong Kong highlight, great to see your boy, California Spangle, return in dominant fashion last week at Sha Tin. How did you rate the win? Oh, no, no spoils for picking it, but, man. Oh, come on. Come on for subscribers. Come on. Hey, hey. Hopefully, hopefully, some of the listeners threw it in some multis and uh, and got the odds boost out of it because it, it opened about dollar forty and started about a dollar fifteen. Never looked like losing, so uh, yeah. Hopefully, you got that that little forty percent booster on the uh, on the multis for the weekend. But um, yeah, there's 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 a lot of um, there's a lot of hype now around California Spangle, especially out of last prep, like I mentioned last uh, last week, and that horse is set to take on Golden Sixty. Uh, later this prep so that'll be very very interesting to see how they match up um golden 60 obviously got rolled a couple times uh towards the end of last prep last season so um whether or not he's you know sort of tailing off um we'll find out it very shortly i guess and whether california spangle can step up to the plate we'll also find out so um definitely want to keep an eye on and, and keep an eye on when when those two uh, clash head to head but there's another horse um, that I am going to mention for um, last night from last night, actually, um, by the name of Daily Beauty. Um, I've <laughs> I've written some some obscenities there because I was I was pretty livid after um, after watching it get brutally brutally obliterated in the run um, after looking absolutely phenomenal in the yard. Um, obviously, most of these horses are returning, so it, it looked like a pretty good return for mine, and the fact that the, the jockey could well have fallen off at least three times in the run. Um, and I'm not even exaggerating really. Um, I think daily beauty is one to follow. Uh, looked, like I said, looked really good in the yard, closed off really strongly and then just ran into a, a whole wall of backside. So wouldn't be reading too much into that eighth. And I think, uh, I think shortly in the future, he'll be getting a win under his belt. Um, but there is another horse as well. We've we got a Saturday meeting, Saturday meeting this weekend. So, as well as all the ridiculously good quality uh, races we have in Australia, Sydney and Melbourne. We got more. Um, 
in Hong Kong. So <laughs> it'll be it's going to be a full on full on day for me, and I'm sure some of the punters as well will be uh, will be enjoying all that racing. So we're yeah, we're going to Sha Tin, and the horse that I want to mention uh, is well, there's actually a couple, but the one that I mainly want to mention is Oriental Smoke. Uh, the horse was able to win, and I did post it in, on Facebook uh, when it won first up this season a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago now. So yeah, it's returning again for its uh, second up run. Zach Purden was on that first time and is on again from Barrier 2. Um, and Oriental Smoke just just plain and simple put him away uh, first up, and I think he should be able to do the same to this field. Uh, Sake win is probably the danger here, um, but... I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he's at, and obviously he's first up. So with the fitness, uh, and obviously Zach Purton on Oriental Smoke, I'm happy to be with him. Uh, don't know what price you'll get, uh, but yeah, wait and see for Saturday. Um, and then the other two just quickly are super wealthy in the Group Three, the feature race of the day. Uh, on that's race seven and race six. Naboo Legend is a debutant for the Hayes team, um, ex Australian horse who had two wins. Oh, actually, it's not. It's not Australian. It's uh, Kiwi. So ex, ex Kiwi horse uh, undefeated in two starts and trials have been good. So Naboo Legend in race six, uh, going into Super Wealthy race seven, and then Oriental Smoke race eight. Beautiful. Which one we got to lock in for the Hong Kong highlight? Which one we got to go with? Which one do you do you like the most for the punch? Oriental Smoke's going to be the going to be the best of those uh, mm-hmm. on Saturday, but the highlight is definitely Daily Beauty from last night. That's the one I'll be following. Horse to follow Daily Beauty. Blake says it was a better eighth than what it was. You listen to Blake. All right. We've got to go into, well, not into, we've got to go to Randwick now. Track conditions, weather and bias, weather, 18 degrees. Showers forecasted the next few days, which could, which could make it an absolutely miserable day out at Randwick, which I will be venturing down to. Rail is in the true position, currently a soft seven, probably gets to a heavy with all the rain that's expected if it does fall if it doesn't fall who knows um blake do you want to run us through the expected bias or the possible bias or, or try yeah well uh randwick i feel like a bit of a broken record talking about randwick but it's been um it hasn't been its best lately let's just say um in terms of exhibiting the typical fair pattern that we we are accustomed to seeing over the last couple of years at randwick so I'll be expecting that to continue um, up and in, especially if it gets really wet. Um, the rail's rail's only out three metres, but yeah, that's the way that Ramwick's been playing lately, up and in, um, and sort of leaders back has really the place to be. So um, I guess we'll see if the track does chop out and, and whatnot. That'll be a watch and assess sort of thing. But at this stage, yeah, I'm definitely looking towards uh, leaders and leaders that have drawn well. Beautiful. All right, let's move into the first race we'll be covering. Three races we are covering. First one, race six, ends the Princess Series. Group one flight stakes over the 1,600 metres. Four to three-year-old fillies. Favourite in the current market is Fireburn, who's been very well supported, I think possibly because of the rain that is coming or has come. Currently $2.40 with the tab. Zoo gotcha drifting out to $3.30. What does your speed map have here, Blake? Who goes forward and who gets the run of the race? <clears throat> Well, I think. Well, North North Star Lass goes forward and leads the race. Um, whether that is run of the race or not, we'll we'll have to wait and see on the day. But she's gonna get 
seemingly it all her own way. Um, she should just carve across from the wide barrier, take her time. Tim Cluck's aboard, and and we all know how good he's on the leaders. So apart from that, I, there's there's really no speed in it. Nothing's gonna nothing's gonna try and contest the lead from North Star Lass there. So Zugotcha, she's extreme. Um, should should sort of settle well and and sort of get in behind North Star Lass, but um, it doesn't look like there's too much tempo. Yeah, and that's the reason why I have gone with Zoo Gotcha over Fireburn. I just don't necessarily, or well, I don't, not, I wouldn't say that. Fireburn realistically probably gets back to last here or close enough to. Uh, and Zoo Gotcha, she will get the run of the race. Like she, if she doesn't find North Star's North Star Lasses back, I'd be very surprised from Barrier Two if J Mac on. Um, she's just mapped to get the run of the race. It's as simple as that. I do have a few, I guess, maybe possibly recency bias and grave fears that North Star Lass, Gay Waterhouse, he might just peak on the right day and kick away and, and really be tough mm. to run down. Despite it getting run down with the 1,400 metres, it might just come out and somehow be strong at the 1,600. Yeah, it'll, it'll do blood. Yeah, if it does stingers. that, I'll, I'll give it up, honestly. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just think Fireburn realistically will have to reel off an incredible last 600 metre sectional to win this race if Zoo Gotcha gets the gap at the top of the straight. She's dead set yeah. going to be a good three or four lengths in front of her 400 yeah. to go. And I don't think Zoo Gotcha's as I want to say, I'm not saying people think she's bad or anything like that, but I think she's a pretty handy filly. Like she's, she's won both times as preparation. The in secret form mm. lights held up to an absolute T. She beat in yeah. secret first up in secret, then went on to beat Fireburn in the golden rose, despite how eye catching Fireburn's effort was. I just can't understand the price difference personally. Yep. I completely agree with you. And, and I was going to really sort of delve into that form line as I did with in secret who, didn't end up winning the golden rose but was the horse picked to win the golden rose and you look at that it's like zoo gotcha although although in secret was unlucky in that race zoo gotcha beat her and fireburn was not close to beating in secret in the golden rose it was a good run up the rail didn't go around didn't go around horses went underneath them and you know closed off all right but i didn't think it was an was a phenomenal enough run to suggest that fireburn should be favorite here over zoo gotcha even on an even playing field. I think if they're barrier one and two and it's a two-horse race, I'm still having Zugotcha favourite over Fireburn at this stage because fire, like we've seen plenty of times horses return, the, the fillies return and the and the, the males return as well from two-year-olds and, and just not return as three-year-olds and the ones that weren't as good sort of leap the ones that were better uh, as two-year-olds and whatnot. So... Until you've actually seen it proven as a three-year-old, uh, I'm not trusting Fireburn to be as good a horse as it as it proved to be as a two-year-old. Maybe I'll be proven wrong on Saturday, but you know, then then I'll then I'll have that information to follow up, you know, in its next couple of starts. But at this stage, Zugotcha deserves favoritism, I think. With that form line and the strength out of it, you've got a subsequent group two winner and then the Golden Rose runner up in in secret who Zugotcha beat. North Star Lass is also a subsequent group two winner. Queen of the Balls, a subsequent group three winner uh, down in Victoria. Willinga Beast was the runner-up in the group two after Zugotcha beat it. And Opal Ridge has come out and won a highway and then uh, runner-up in a listed race, which I thought it could have won if if not for a bit of joy. So uh, the strength of that form line is, is just blatantly obvious. And um, with the 
with all the things that you said about the speed map uh, and the way that Zugotcha looks to to get sort of run of the race there, I, I can't believe that it's not favourite. I really can't. All right, now let's move to race eight. It is the Tab Epsom over the 1,600 metres. Group one handicap race. Probably one of the worst Epsoms in recent years, uh, recent history. Only a 11-horse field, which is quite disappointing. Normally used to seeing really, really big fields. But um, we kick on, Blake. Favourite in the race currently is Ice Bath, who's been well-supported due to the rain that is meant to hit in Sydney. How do you see this race panning out, Blake? What goes forward here and what gets the run of the race? Uh, well, it's a little bit bittersweet um, that, that the field is is a bit smaller this this year. We've got 11, 11 runners currently, and uh, if the track does get completely washed out, there could be a few a few more uh, late scratchings. But that's that's sort of the bitter side of it, that it's, it's going to be a little bit less of a spectacle as it, than it usually is, but it makes for a little bit of a better uh, opportunity to sort of play into the race, I think, um, with a little bit less risk of, you know, just random error and um, horses getting unlucky, et cetera, et cetera. Um, looking at the speed map, though, Ellsberg and Crosstalk are going to gonna take it up. I I don't know. I don't know what they'll do with Hinge. You probably... Well, you seem to you seem to get, get it right what they do with her every time, Jason, so I'll leave that one up to you, but... Crosstalk and Ellsberg will definitely be be taking up the running. Yeah, it's it's tough being in the Yes Bloodstock camp with um with Bray and Aussie Kerr and all the boys, um the very elegant boys. You know, I'm just in there, get all the get all the get all the mail. Nah, it's just I think she's a pretty obvious horse to to figure out when she draws well and there's lack of speed. They go forward and when they when she's drawn back, typical Chris Waller, when they're drawn wide, they just take them back. But um, I think this week will be an interesting one because there is probably good speed. So I think they will take the sit this time to some degree or that they'll probably go forward, but they definitely won't try and lead Ellsberg across talk. I think it's going to be interesting to see what Ellsberg does. I think he will be the, uh, how do I say this? If they are adamant that they want to lead and get the rail, it's going to come into a really 1600 meter stain test. And he could possibly win the race for something that is going to settle further than midfield, if that makes any sense, i.e. an ice bar for a top ranked. But if he doesn't kick up and Crosstalk gets a lead by himself, geez, a lot of those horses will be a long way back um, on a, on what could possibly be a very sticky track at, at Randwick. Um, so I am with Fangirl here, and it sounds silly, and, I, and I, I just generally don't like this race, and I just think she's the one that's the overs in this race. Uh, her, her wet track record is is pretty diabolical, to be completely honest with you. So I'm hoping that the the rain is missed. If the rain isn't missed, she probably doesn't even get a start anyway. So it's a bit of a JC sitting on the fence, this tip. Um, I just can't believe she's $9, $10 in this field. Like she's been $6 both times against Animo. Um, and yes, she was, Ice Bath went past her like she wasn't even there. Uh, but as I said, that was an interesting race. She was second up. Um, and she she's win a third up in the past too. So, albeit it was in a listed race, it wasn't anything of note. But oh, I think she's going around a big prize. Tommy Berry on board, good barrier. Um, probably gets if she, if she does race, gets rails near the rear. Um, and it's just up to Ellsberg if Ellsberg puts the brakes. Uh, if he if he just goes handlebars down and and tries to lead the race, then she'll come into the race. If he doesn't, then it's kind of a bit of a a slowly run race. Mm. 
Yeah, I I can see I can see where you're coming from with that, but um, I think either way, Ice Bath is the horse that you have to have as as the best in this race. Um, I agree with I agree with the overs, uh, the overs play on on Fangirl to some extent, but I just think Ice Bath's a better horse. And when you're looking at the field, Ice Bath's got fifty four and a half kilos and is giving max max three kilos to to anything really in the field three and a half kilos to anything in the field like ice bath is a serious serious horse and and she's shown that by running second to animo and second to saki in races that were completely not set up for her to do so like they've both been on completely bog tracks and there might be another one on saturday but that first run against saki uh the it was her second up run she she ran well in the in in her first up run as well, I will say, but that tramway behind Zaki, Zaki walked it, and Ice Bath flew home like there was no tomorrow. And then the same thing happened in the George Main. That's the same race that Jewess was in, where we both sort of forgave the fact that she didn't really perform because the race was run so slowly. Well, Ice Bath did perform, even though the race was run so slowly, and now she's coming up against this field. After running second to Animo and Zaki, what price Animo or Zaki in this in this race? Like, I, I I still think there's I still think there's plenty of meat on the bone with with Ice Bath at that price, and I think even if they, even if Ellsberg doesn't elect to to take take the rail and Crosstalk gets the the lead on its own, Ice Bath is Ice Bath is a massive is a really really good price, three dollars eighty for a favorite with that with that form. Um, Looking at the value kind of perspective, which you touched on with Fangirl, I mean, Fangirl's got similar form lines, so is sort of the obvious danger for me. With you know, kind of in that regard, I don't think Hinged should be second favorite at Fuller's twenty. I will say because that last race, well, you you nailed it, um, Jay's last race where Barrier One led the field, or or you know, got that got that run right up on speed from Barrier One, did no work, and they walked. Um, now you've got them similar, like Ice Bath and Hinge are similar priced here and Hinge is not going to get anywhere near the same quality of run that it did last time and J-Mac, Ice Bath, that form. Um, but yeah, my, my value play in this race would be Kiku. That, I, I don't, I don't understand why, like she always just seems to fly under the radar in races like this. She was, she was like um, the better part of $20 uh, first up in, in the Theo Marks and absolutely lit up the field down the outside at Rose Hill is drawn wide again here and we'll get back and, you know, there'll be a lot of things against her, but seriously, $34 in, in such a weak Epsom, I'm definitely going to be playing Kiku. Um, but I think Ice Bath is this deserving favorite and should be shorter. You put forward a very, very compelling argument, Blake. The only knock I have on Ice Bath and it's the knock Everyone has, and it's the most obvious knock you don't want to say. Just a winning strike rate. She just always seems to be that horse that finds one better or something goes wrong or some horses are just like that. But I'm not one to say horses are non-chasers or or horses, you know, love running second. I think every horse has their day. And, and the way Blake summed that up, it's very hard to go against him. And, and it does look like it's going to be Ice Bath's day to get her first group one win. She does deserve it. And, uh, Hopefully that comes for Blake, his followers, and Ice Bath on Saturday. 
All right, Metrop, very interesting build-up to this race. Race 9, 2,400 metres, Group 1 level. Benno, the grey horse for John O'Shea, given an, an, a, uh, a substance, a banned substance on Tuesday in his feed bin. They treated the wrong horse, unfortunately, and uh, the favourite for the race has had to be scratched, and now we've got a new favourite, and that's Durston, who brings, quite frankly, weak form to this race, coming through the Wyong Cup and the Newcastle Cup. But in saying that, he couldn't have been more impressive in either, of, either one of those runs, and he's probably the horse on the up. Currently 340 of the tab. Are you with Durston here, or are you looking to play one at a bit of a price that actually has a bit of form on the board? Yeah, no, God, no. I'm not going anywhere near Durston. Um, you can, <laughs> no chance. But there is a horse in this race that I'm I'm very confident in and uh, could be more confident in come come a time of this race if uh, if a couple of other horses uh, sort of run well or or sort of back up that form line. Um, the horse I'm gonna gonna spruik here is Stockman, um, and I have done pretty much this whole preparation. I think he's flying, and I think this is the race for him to win. Um, I said last race that he did look like he was a decent play, and he was you know double figure odds, and you know it looked a little bit tricky for him. This race is. A completely different story i think and um given the fact that he ran so well in that last race and and not a lot went right for him he was, he was wide and he worked hard and sort of just peaked late um he was beaten by allegron who's who's going to victoria to to run in uh the turnbull from my understanding um and i think allegron is a decent chance in that race as well i didn't mention that but uh, away from Jewess, I, I don't mind allegron but that first up run animo fangirl um, you got Hinged, who's come out and played since. Uh, Benno was in that that same race, and they ran similarly. They closed off similarly in that in that first up run. Benno uh, was scratched from this race, but uh, undoubtedly would have gone well. Ice Bath was in the same race. Mwunga was in the same race, who's since gone to Victoria and run really well in two races um, in the uh, the race on Sunday as well. And uh, Stockton was in that race, so the form looks really good. Uh, Fangirl was in the race as well, so it'll be interesting to see. But I, I just think that that form line is just too strong. I, re, I really plain and simple do. Um, Two thousand four hundred meters. Stockman's right in his wheelhouse now. So uh, if he doesn't get this win, I might jump off him. We'll see what happens. But I think he'll be running well, and uh, I think he'll be tough, to, tough to tough to roll. Yeah, clear class runner in the race, Stockman. If you look at his his form last prep, he runs second to do us in that tankred at Newcastle. And, you know, that, that's great form for this race too. Um, despite that, I am going one that came out of that exact same race, the Kingston Town. These two are, I wouldn't say tied at the hip, but they've certainly run three or four times against each other recently. And there's not too much between either of them. Um, and that is no compromise. Uh, he runs sixth in that Kingston town, whereas Stockman run fourth. Um, and he was only beaten half a length by Stockman, yet he meets him three kilos better off the weights uh, due to the handicap nature of this race. Um, if you look back at his form last preparation, he won the Queen's Cup Group 3 level on a heavy nine track over the 2,400 metres at Rose Hill um, from Barrier 10-2. And it was a really good effort where he went to the front and he beat home Shorefire and Chalkstream. Uh, he failed then in the Sydney Cup, but he has shown that he's always had a bit of ability. He comes through the Chelmsford where he did beat Stockman on that occasion. And I do agree with Blake. I think Stockman is the starting point. And then I pretty much just work my way down. And I've, I've to some degree, tried to get Durston beat in this race. 
And then I found Stockman and then I tried to get Stockman beat. And then I found no compromise. And I think he's just a value play in this race. He is one where I want the rain to come. If the rain comes, I think his chances increase. And I think it's fair to say, I don't mean to be rude to Jay Ford, but Tommy Berry jumping on board this horse is a massive jockey upgrade. He's had two starts on him where he scored his only win in Australia and he runs second on another occasion with him too. So I think Tommy Berry on gate five meets the clear best horse in the race, Stockman, three kilos better for the weights for only going down half a length. And he's a winner of the 2,400. $10, in my opinion, I think that is the way to go. Yep. Yep. I agree. It's funny. We've, we've gone very similarly. We've looked sort of at the Epsom and the Metrop uh, very similarly. You've gone, gone value and it's, and it's sort of around the same form lines as the one that I've picked as the best. Here he is. Uh, best in the race, but I will mention as well, just quickly, uh, value kind of proposition is uh, Hammeron. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how confident I'd be here, but he was a horse that I black booked out of um, out of his run last weekend. So he's on the back up, um, 1900 up to 2500. It'll be interesting to see, or 2400, I should say. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. Jay Ford's on at the 51 kilos, um, but yeah, the horse absolutely flew home of 1900. So. Maybe one to just throw into exotics uh, if you're playing that way. Yeah. No, I've also got Hammer on Black Book. Not from last start. I got him Black Book from the start before where I thought he was a bit plain at the 1,800 metres. Just waiting for him to get out in trip. And I didn't want to touch him last time at the 1,900 where he drew wide and had to go back. He's another one who could be an absolute smoky here because he's the horse on the up. He gets through a wet track. And despite me slagging off Jay Ford, he's not the worst rider. I just think it's pretty obvious Tommy Berry is an upgrade. So, yeah, I actually agree with you. Maybe subscribers can play around with a little box trifecta, eh, Blake? Hammer on, no mm. compromise in Stockman. Definitely, definitely couldn't uh, couldn't steer you off that one. Yeah. What about my big big odds runner last week? I'm going to give myself a spook here. Papali, <laughs> jeez. Out of hundreds. She gave it. Oh, I'm pissed off because I tipped Star Tontes my best value. And I, I thought Pippoli was going all right. Um, Joshua from his I know, I know she run, I know as I said in last week's podcast I know she ran last and she and, but she was only beat four lengths and she she ran home in the fastest last 600 she oh for a hundred to one shot I think if I had my time over again she only got beat half a length and she paid twenty dollars a place so there you go I give myself enormous some, very much. enormous I wasn't my tip in the race but I've just pointed it out anyway uh we'll go to the group one competition something that I'm definitely not going good at and I'm haven't never been good at <laughs> And judging by the way you're going currently, Blake, you haven't necessarily joined me, but you're heading that way. Um, oh, don't even want to read man. out the figures. Don't even want to read out the figures. But it looks like we're going to be somewhat tied to the hip again this week. So if you have a good week, I'm going to have a good week. So Turnbull, who are you with? Well, we were with the same horse, and it was pretty obvious by the uh, by the the chat that we had. But hundred to win on uh, Juice or Juice or however you want to say it. Yeah, we've tipped her so many times. We've got to figure out how to actually say a name. Shane, <laughs> 100 the win. Flight stakes. Zugotcha, plain and simple, 100 of the nose. Same, 100, Zugotcha. Epsom. 80 win Ice Bath. That's the main play I think should be winning the race um, with even luck. And and the value play I did mention was uh, 10 each way on Kiku. 50 each way on Fangirl. Um, if she gets scratched, I get my hundred bucks back, which is probably a good result. Uh, <laughs> by my form this season, Metropolitan, fifty HOA Stockman for me. 
50 each way, no compromise. If we had trifectas, I might as well just put a box trifecta with the three we outlined and just put Durston in there in case he is the one on the up and goes well. I think that might be a good bet there. Uh, best bets around the country. Anything you like at, in Victoria? You normally go down <laughs> to Victoria on a Saturday. We didn't cover many races there. Yeah. Uh, here we go. I've Well, I've finished the form for, for Sydney and Melbourne and I've got pretty confident picks in most races, uh, both cards, so... I've tried to sort of dissect it and figure out which which ones I was most confident in. There is one race two at Flemington by the name of Vizanari who is uh, resuming. Trials have been good. Jump outs have been good, I should say, because for some reason they call them something different up there uh, or down there. But, um, yeah, Vizanari's look good in the jump outs and the form from last prep um, is is good enough for mine. So uh, I think character's a bit of a danger, but I, I'm not too I'm not too sure about how good it is. It's It's coming from Sydney, obviously, so... We know the Sydney Sydney horses going to Victoria need a little bit of a bump up, but um, yeah, Visionary for mine. It's pretty short, uh, small field, and I think I think it could be winning that race. Um, as well as that, obviously, Juice we mentioned. There's another horse resuming by the name of Private Eye. I'm not sure where it's going to go because it's entered uh, for Sydney and Melbourne. But if it goes to Melbourne, I think it can win that race. I really do. Um, it's been going it's been going well in uh, in trials and, and getting ready for this preparation but um it should have beat alligator blood in queensland prior to the spell um and obviously alligator blood's blood's come down to victoria now and and won a stradbroke so uh privatized for mine is the wrong price in melbourne and if it goes there it can win that race beautiful i am going with one that i've been following very closely this preparation um and that is rose uh, rose hill randwick this horse has been running at Rose Hill. Put me off guard here. Race five, number one, Williamsburg. Uh, I think, was this my flashing light trying to a couple of weeks ago? I can't remember. It was. Uh, it, was. it was? Yeah, okay. Well, he, he ran last first up and um, didn't think the run was too bad, to be honest with you. He carried 59 kilos, but everything else carried 53, 54. Um, and then last time out, I was going to say same, you know what, different smell, but I'm not going to say that because I haven't sworn on this podcast yet. Um, yet being the key word, yet <laughs> good track, Rose Hill, 1400 meters, barrier 11 of 11. What was going to happen with this horse who's won over a mile on wet tracks? Never even seen a good track in his life. Got back carrying 59 kilos, where Golden Mile was carrying 54, Masha Latte 53, Basket 54. Gave the whole field five kilos and run home ridiculously well he's crying out for a wet track he gets his wet track he's crying out for a mile he gets his mile and to absolutely make the bingo he gets back to a set weights race where he's an 85 radar and the second best weighted horse is a 70 realistically if this was a um what's he gonna call it handicap race he'd be carrying seven kilos more than flag of honor he's weighted perfectly he won the dulcifier last preparation um Sorry, the Fernhill, not Dulcify. This is the Dulcify. I won the Fernhill last prep, Randwick, on a heavy 10 over the mile. We probably won't get to a heavy 10, but it's got to be bloody wet. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, and, you know, he, he did run third to She's Extreme and Fireburn, also in the Group 1 Champagne. And that was only six horses in it. It was beaten a mile. But, oh, this is completely track dependent. But I will say this on this podcast. If it is favoring horses and it chops out a little bit, this would have to be that he ticks every single box. One of the better bets I've seen at a Metro meeting for the last couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree with that. The uh, well, I, I weight factors. Yeah, 
it, it is the weight factor is it, but it is that wide barrier that concerned me because I lent towards Flag of Honor looking at the former early days just because it's got a better draw and, and Bowman aboard from gate one. It's it's gonna get every every chance. But like you said, if the track does chop out and it's playing that way, which it can do, um, especially if it does get really, really wet, you're right. There's mm-hmm. there's there's all well once you take it once you take out the barrier there's nothing against it really it's... if you take away the barrier and he drew, this is a hypothetical obviously so it means nothing but what price would he be from a good barrier realistically he's probably i reckon tools 50 tools 80 mm-hmm. but geez like i know yeah. you, you're spooking flag of honor but he meets him what is that two and a half minus two and a half five kilos worse off at the weights yeah that's a lot considering he only went down 0.4 lengths to him. Correct. Correct. It'll um, just come down to what's the better pattern on the day. If you need to be wide and working into the race, you want to be on the one. If, if if it's the other way around and you want to be sort of leaders back, you're going to want to be on the two. So yeah, correct. I think it's a pretty straightforward race and I'll be doing exactly. Uh, Agree. Agree. I think they're complete clear too. Uh, That'll about wrap us up, Blake. That is season seven in the book, uh, season three, episode seven in the books. That's about it. Huge day of races. Uh, grand is, yeah, and we got grand final footy on Sunday. How good? Any tips? Didn't, did we select Geelong uh, to win big time, even though we're Sydney Swan supporters? Was that? Was that oh no, I thought it'd be close, but I mean, you got to you got to consider, you know, going to going to Melbourne and playing at the G in a grand final is is hard enough in itself. Winning is is near impossible. It barely ever happens. So, I mean. Big ups to Sydney. They they've done well this season against, you know, they weren't really expected to to do particularly well, and and they have stepped up to the plate. So it'll be interesting to see. They got a young got, got a lot of young players who are um who are going to be around for a while, I suspect. So next season they'll be back. Buddy's Buddy's back on for a year. So next year they'll definitely be uh be looking to to do one better. So, but yeah, no, this weekend Penrith, they got it in the bag. So I'm, I'm calling oh, it. Oh, here he is. Yeah, I agree with you. They're the best. They've been the I best can't... of the year by mile. So yeah. Anyone, anyone saying, "Oh, yeah, you know, Parramatta Eels are the last team they want to play, and they're the biggest danger to Penrith." Mate, get a load of yourself. When oh. Penrith want, when when Penrith want to play well, and when they need to play well, there is not a single team in the competition that can threaten them, and that's plain and simple. They showed it against Parramatta already in the finals once, and they'll show it again on on Sunday that. Like when they need to, they they get the job done, and that's how it's been all season, and and nothing's going to change this weekend. Can't disagree with you, Blake. Looking forward to it, Battle of the West. That'll about wrap us up, listeners. Thank you for tuning in as always. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Campbell's Gambles, and best of luck, huge dive racing for Group Ones across the nation. Thanks for tuning in. Get again. around it, Saturday, shot in. Here he is. Here he is. <laughs> Come on. All right, too easy, Blake. Take care. Enjoy your week.